Good morning. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a crazy great joy to be here with you. I just love that we get to continue uh, being the people that God has called us to be. We get to continue doing the work that God has set before us. We get to continue living out our purpose for the creator of all things so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, that we can love people where they are, and we can get into a relationship with God and, and make a difference in this world on behalf of of Jesus Christ. If you're new here, I just want to say you're welcome here. We're excited to have you with us. We are excited that you have chosen to spend a portion of your day, whether online or in person, celebrating who Jesus is and all that Jesus has done, and, and that you have decided to do that with us. That's awesome. We're excited to have you, uh, and we just want you to know that we recognize that we are not perfect. Nobody here is going to sit there and go, oh no, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty perfect. Because uh, perfection is a little bit beyond where we are, uh, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we want to journey together toward Jesus so that we can be made more like him, so that we can love people better, so that we can live more boldly for the kingdom, so that we can make a bigger difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. And that's the whole idea behind Christmas, that we want to really get behind who Jesus is. It's this anticipation, uh, this Advent season is an anticipation of when Jesus came into the world, but we know for a fact that Jesus is right here with us right now, and so we can be the people that God has called a, a, to take a step forward. We can be the people that make a difference. We can be the people that lead the charge on Christmas, on celebrating who God is and all that God has done. And we're talking about that this year from the unexpected nature of that first Christmas. Last week, we talked about how Christmas, uh, the unexpected people that were a part of the Christmas story, that God chose people that didn't, didn't seem like they belonged in the Christmas story, that God said, no, they're exactly who belongs in the Christmas story. Uh, and the reality of the fact that God says that, you know, we're invited to be a part of his story. Uh, and so that's the, the place that we're coming from. It's just the unexpected nature. And one of the most unexpected things about the Christmas story is just the change of possibilities for all of the people that were involved in the Christmas story. They thought their life was going to go one way, but God said, hey, I've got a possibility for you. You, you see, God doesn't force anyone into the, the roles that he invites them to play. Uh, he asked them, hey, do you want to do this? And they said, yes, we'll do it. And, and it opened up a whole new realm of possibilities. I, I don't know about you, but when I think about possibilities, Sometimes my, my mind can get bogged down because there's so many possibilities in a day-to-day decision-making process. I mean, how many possibilities go by in a day? If you take a left turn instead of a right turn to get somewhere, is that going to change the outcome of your day? Was that a new possibility, a new potential? If you press the gas down when that light turns yellow instead of press the brake down, Steve... Um, you should, you should, you should, you know, where, where, what are those possibilities going to lead to? Where are they going to take you? Small, unexpected decisions can have a huge impact on our lives. It can make a, a, a big difference to each and every one of us individually, to us as a group, to our community. Uh, and I, I think as a parent, we see those things very clearly. When, when we look at our kids, I, I remember my son Alex was born. It was the firstborn uh, of, first of his name. Uh, just never mind. Um, 
firstborn child, and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's my boy. I'm, I, you know, look, look how great he is. There's so much potential here. So many things can go well for him. And, and I took all of the things that I wanted to have done in life, but didn't get the opportunity to do uh, because of my decisions, and I, I kind of put them on him. I said, you know what? There's infinite possibilities. First, it opened a new possibility for me. I was like, I'm going to be the greatest dad of all time. I was successful. It's good. Um, <laughs> my kids won't agree with that, but that's okay. They're wrong. Um, they're, still, they're still learning. Uh, but, but the reality for, for my child is I looked at my son and I was like, you know, you're going to be so amazing. Uh, and, and a parent's perspective of their child is way out of whack. I'm just telling you, if you, you only have one child, your perspective is out of whack. Uh, it'll, it'll get there. But at, at first, you imagine so many things for your kid. Like Alex was going to be the very first baseball star who was also a ninja, an astronaut, a doctor, and you know, oh, I don't know, the president, maybe a physicist, all the things that I was like, man, that, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I was hopeful that he would want to do that. And then reality kind of set in. He, he wasn't very excited about baseball. He liked watching it with me, less enthusiastic about playing it. So I was like, okay, I'll settle. Ninja, astronaut, doctor, president <laughs> with a PhD in physics. That'd be cool too. You know, that kind of thing. And, and uh, he, he made some, some decisions in his life, and, and we found that he wasn't the most coordinated child ever. I know it's, it's, it's mind-blowing when you as a parent are like, oh, that's not great. <laughs> you know, you look at your kid and you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Ninja is out. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to, because you can't walk in a straight line without falling over. So probably not for the best. I love you, buddy. Uh, probably not for the best. Uh, so I was like, okay, astronaut, doctor, president. This is, it's perfect. That, that, I, I will settle. <laughs> Uh, or, or maybe any of those, if you wanted to be an astronaut or a doctor or the president, whatever you want to do, buddy. Uh, and, and when he graduated from college, my expectations and my desires, the, the possibilities that I saw for him were truly, I just wanted him to be happy. Do something that brings you joy, buddy. What, what is it that you can do that will bring you joy? Because that's going to make me happy. And what I realized is the whole time I had these possibilities laid out for him, but I didn't understand how those possibilities connected to him. I just wanted what I thought was cool to be what he thought was cool. And fortunately, most of the goofy things that I, unfortunately for him probably, most of the goofy things that I like, he likes also. So we get along really great, but he has chosen his own direction. He chose his own possibilities. And once you start choosing your own possibilities, life occurs and choices happen and possibilities change. Now he looks at life differently and I look at his possibilities differently. He still has a ton of choices just like we do on any given day. So many choices that we can make, so many possibilities we can live into, but we've all experienced what it is to have those, those possibilities start to be limited, where we, we look at ourselves and we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to make professional baseball. I, I know it's uh, mind-blowing for you to look at me and think, oh, he's probably got a shot. But just last year was when I gave up on that dream. I've been, I've been holding out. Call me up, coach. It, it'd be great. 
Um, but but when, we, when we reach that decision, when we start to see the doors shut on some possibilities, what's amazing is other possibilities are still there. And, and we see these possibilities in our day-to-day life, and we see them for others way more clearly. We look at, at what others are doing and how they're living their life, and, and we can see, oh, there's so much possibility there. If you would just do X, Y, or Z, and sometimes we're bold enough, especially if they're in our family, oh, I'm just going to tell you what you should do, right? Uh, We want to give them their possibilities so that they can make the right choices because we can see it so clearly. Uh, then, Then... it's interesting if we turn that mirror inside, if we say, okay, how, what, what possibilities do I have? Uh, because I don't know about you, but for me, when I start doing that, it's usually in the sense of regret. Like, I wish I would have done something different. If only I would have said something different. Then, then my possibilities would have been different. If only I would have paid attention in high school, then my possibilities would have different, been different. If only I would have met Jesus when I was like 11 instead of 26, my possibilities would be different. We have these possibilities and regret that we like look at and, and we can hold on to. Not, not that it's possible to change our past, but we sure wish some of that was possible. And so we sit there and we struggle with what that looks like. And, and sometimes, sometimes when we're looking at our possibilities, all of the possibilities are bad. Nothing that we have in front of us looks like it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a difficult slog. It's going to be hard for us to do. We even came up with a term for it. It's make the best out of a bad situation. We want to make the best out of everything that's going haywire. Our whole world can get turned upside down. And we think our possibilities are so narrow. There's only a few possibilities, and all of them are awful. Everything is awful. And I I love the Christmas story because, and some of you are like, how are you going to put this into the Christmas story? Uh, It's going to be unexpected. Uh, the, The reality of the Christmas story is that there's a story just like that in the first Christmas story. There's a person who experienced just that. They thought all of their possibilities had been limited to only bad choices, and they didn't enjoy what they were going through. They, they thought that everything was broken. It's a guy named Joseph. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, he was engaged to be married to Mary and found out that his bride-to-be was pregnant, and he knew he was not the father. And so what is, what is Joseph going to do. He looks at all of his possibilities. All of the possibilities are bad. And, and, and he struggles with that, just like we do. It says it this way in the Gospel of Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph didn't know that, or when he was told that, he thought like everybody else, I don't know how you read your Bible, but for me, Joseph is sitting there going, you're pregnant. Yes, of course you're pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because that's how that works, right? I embellish on Joseph's behalf. Um, and so Joseph isn't t- is told that, that it's the Holy Spirit, but Joseph doesn't buy it, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her, Mary, to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And none of this is good for Joseph. He's hurt 
by someone he cares for, someone that he imagined doing life with. And now he finds out that she's pregnant. And, and so he processes all of the possibilities. What, what, are the, what are the possible outcomes? I'm not the father. She has cheated on me, so I'm definitely not going to marry her. But how do I do that? And in a first century Jewish marriage, what would happen is you would be engaged. It was truly, it wasn't like in America where you just say, hey, do you want to get married? And they say, yes, and hey, you're engaged. No, instead it was, it was a little bit more uh, in depth. What happened was there was a service, there was a dowry that was paid and there were, uh, the, the, the confirmation was made, it was a contract between families. And in this contract, the, the husband and the wife were said to be married, even though they were not living together, they were considered to be married. They were considered to be husband and wife, but it would be a year period where the husband would prepare for the house to be readied, for the new family to come together. And it was a season of preparation, uh, of anticipation for the wedding, for the marriage, and for life that was to come. Now, Joseph finds out his bride-to-be is pregnant, unexpected and unwanted news, and, and so he weighs his options. He thinks to himself, what can I do? And the only thing that he can see to do is to divorce her quietly, because if he divorces her and lets everybody know what's going on, if he doesn't just silently write a certificate of divorce, then the reality of the law can weigh in on Mary. And that says, if you commit adultery, which is exactly what they would consider what Mary did, because how many people out there can truly say it was a miraculous virgin birth? One. Um, and so Mary comes into the scene and, and, or into this story saying, hey, what's conceived in me is of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's like, sure it is. That's, that's not a real thing. And nobody is going to believe it. So if he writes her the certificate of divorce and lets everybody know, then she can be subject to the law. Because the, the wages of adultery, if you commit adultery, the, the penalty for that is to be stoned to death. And Joseph doesn't want that for Mary. Why? I, I think Joseph really loves Mary. I think Joseph desires not, uh, even though he's been hurt by her, he doesn't want her to be hurt. And so he, he sees that there's no good outcome. Uh, he's got limited possibilities, but he's going to make the best of a bad situation. And then it says this, but after he had considered this, after he had considered all of his options, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph had his mind made up. He knew what he was going to do. He knew how he was going to do it. He knew what he was going to say. He had probably, if he's anything like me or like us, he had probably rehearsed how he was going to say it, what the words were going to be, and how he was going to present that to her. He makes up his mind. He knows what he's going to do. He knows his direction. And then he does something amazing, something that I think we can, quite frankly, take, take uh, some lesson from. Uh, who thought that we were going to get uh, from a 2,000-year-old second-class uh, person in, in, a, in the Christmas story, 
we were going to get a great piece of advice. It's this. If you don't have to act, sleep on it for a night. Joseph said, you know what? I'm going to sleep on it. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to take the certificate of divorce to marry. I'm going to sleep on it for a night. And why is that so important? Because, because friends, can you imagine what Joseph would have done, how he would have felt had he filled out that certificate of divorce, took it to Mary, and then he had that dream afterward. And he's just like, oh yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't have done that. Oh my, oh my God. It was unexpected that we would learn something so useful. So here's, here's my encouragement for you. If you are at home and you have been insulted or, or offended or affronted by somebody online or in your house or in the neighborhood or in the community or in the nation, man, take a minute. Sleep on it. I think Joseph has the right idea. Why? Because, oh, who knows? God might have something to say about it. Or, or quite frankly, you might cool down a little bit and not say something you will regret in the future. Uh, I don't know if that was for you or for me, but I think it's beneficial that we understand that. Uh, so Joseph does that. He slept on it, and the angel showed up and said, hey, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, this, is not, this is not part of the actual events that took place. The angel did not say, uh, all of this is taking place. So that the, the, what this is, is Matthew giving us a peek behind the curtain. Matthew wants us to know. He's, it's like he's saying, hey, Cassidy, check this out. I want y'all to understand this. This is important because this child is going to be somebody special. This child is going to be somebody that the world is going to come to know. And, and what's truly unexpected in this whole scenario is that Jesus is going to be born to Mary and Joseph. God chooses this small town woodworker to be the father of Jesus, to be the one who nourishes him and and cares for him, to be the one who teaches him how to play catch, to be the one who shows him the ropes in business, to be the one who shows him what it is to be a young man in the midst of this community, to guide and to love his son. And, and I don't know if you caught it, but did you notice what the angel said? The angel didn't say, Joseph, here's the deal. You're going to marry Mary. And that's fun to say if you just say Mary, Mary a bunch of times. Um, but he didn't say that. What he said is he said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid to. So what that tells me is that to Joseph, he was looking for a reason. He wanted to believe. He loved Mary and wanted to have that life that he had thought would be okay, but he thought that possibility was closed. And what really happened was the possibility was open and made available to him. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Not, I'm going to command you to do all these things and, and you better do them or God's going to zap you from heaven. That, that's not the way that God works. God is inviting people into the possibility, into the hope for the future that he has. Don't be afraid to take her. I know you still love her. She's still the same woman she was and she's telling you the truth. He was hurt by the, the idea 
But when he was told the truth by the angel, then he knew for a fact that what was conceived in her was from the Holy Spirit and what was going to happen was going to be a brand new possibility that he had never imagined for himself. And I bet, I truly bet, that he was so glad that he had taken a moment and slept on it. Because I, I just know that if he woke up the next day after the, the angel had said, uh, you need to make sure that th- this is the scenario, that, that God has done this. Don't be afraid to take Mary. If he would have woken up, man, can you imagine his face? He would have been so heartbroken. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh my gosh. I was part possible to be a part of the biggest story of all time, the Messiah himself. And yet I chose my own way instead of faithfully following God. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph took the chance. Joseph looked at his possibilities and narrowed them down, but then Jesus allowed for a brand new set of possibilities, something that he could never have imagined for himself. And Joseph opted for the new possibility. He risked everything. He risked his pride, his his place in the community. He risked his standing because when he said, I will marry her, then everybody in that small town, I don't know if you've ever been to a small town, everybody knows everything about everybody's business. Everybody in that small town knew 100%, okay, Joseph's the dad, because he would never do that if he wasn't really the father. And so he risked everything. Why? Because it was worth it. Because this minor character, Joseph doesn't have a, a lot of starring lines. He's just a minor character in the Christmas story, but this minor character had major faith. You see, Joseph chose to sacrifice his own plans to follow God. The the things that he had in mind that he was going to do, he said, no, I will lean into this possibility, this hope, this potential. And the good news for all of us is that you can too. Jesus doesn't say, oh, that, that conversation was only for Joseph. Jesus says, I want you to be a part of my story as well. So the question for all of us is, what's holding us back? What is it that that keeps us from saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm all in. I will follow you wherever you lead me. I will do whatever it is you ask of me. I will go where you want me to. I mean, we talk about this amazing story at Christmas and all of the possibility and all of the beauty there. and, And we say, well, that was good for them. But I mean, I'm a real person. I'm not somebody in the Gospels. I'm not somebody in those stories. And Jesus says, I'm, I'm right here for you too. I want you to be a part of this story. I want you to live into this. And the reality is that God uses unexpected people for unexpected possibility. People just like you and me that we can do great things. Why? Because God is with us, that we can make a difference in this world. Why? Because God is moving in and through us, that God offers us brand new possibilities. Each and every moment of each and every day, we can choose to be obedient, to live into the hope and the promise that Jesus has for us. There is a new possibility waiting for you today. And you can accept 
the possibility of a new life, that God makes this offer available to you just like he invited Joseph to be a part of his story. He invites each and every one of us to be a part of his story. You can accept the possibility of new life. You can live by faith and trust in God. And you can sacrifice your plans to embrace the possibility, the hope of a future that you may not have any idea what it's going to look like. And I get it. I really do. I get this. It's not easy. And maybe, maybe somebody out there is sitting there going, yeah, well, that, it's easy for Joseph, right? He had a dream, right? The angel showed up in his dream and said, hey, Joseph, you should do this. And Joseph said, okay. And we think to ourselves, man, it would be great if we had some kind of a sign or a wonder, something that God would just say to us that would be different. It's so much harder for us, because we're real people, not just story people. We're, we're real people. And, and if you're looking for a miraculous sign, if you're hoping for a wonder from God, here it is. God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son into the world that you might have life in his name. How do, we, how, do we, how do we take this as a sign? Well, Jesus was a human who lived and taught and understood a relationship with God that we had never seen before. And then he offered everything so that we might come into that relationship. He gave his life so that we might have life in him. And God says, your possibility is right here in the person of Jesus, in the God-made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, and we can have life in his name. We can decide to take a step in that direction, in that relationship, and I know it seems crazy, and it might make no sense, but God is right here with each and every one of us. God is encouraging us to take that step, to open our hearts, to live fully for him. And whether you have been a Christian for a minute or not even considering yourself Christian, or if you've been a Christian for your entire life, God says, I want you. And I have new possibilities each and every moment for you. Open your heart to me and I will come in. And together we will do amazing and great things in the name of God. And so let's open our hearts. Let's, let's recognize that as unexpected as that may be, that God is here with us. And we can open our hearts to him and take the next step and make a difference in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ and the hope that you offer to us. Father, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, that you would be present with us in a way that we have never experienced before, that you would share your love and grace with us, but then you would make your presence so known to us that we have to make a choice. Reveal to us our possibilities so that we can live boldly for your kingdom so that we can leave it all behind, so that we can love others, so that we can live for you, so that we can make a difference in this world for the king of all creation, so that we can make a difference in our communities for um, the building of your kingdom, so that we can make a difference in our homes by sharing love and grace. May it be so now and always. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, Amen.